Welcome to the LZ Sports Show. I am Mark Adam, LZ Sports, or I guess what, WPG Sports Coordinator. I don't even know anymore. The season's over. It's sad times. Uh, but I, I have some friends here with me to make it all better. Before I bring them in, I'm going to let you know you can follow us on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, you can support the stream by going to streamlabs.com slash the WPG magazine. Um, if you want to see something cool, you can go to streamlabs.com slash the WPG magazine slash V2, as in version 2. And you can like literally watch the stream and support it from there. Very cool. Uh, that, that said, like and subscribe huge deal when you like and subscribe it, it really helps with the the way that youtube's algorithm works to help get the word out uh, about the show you can also call or text the wpg sports line 431-800-4555 or email vlz at the wpg.ca we have this wonderful little chat box to my left which you can fill with all of your thoughts questions concerns uh, laments to the end of a, uh, an era and all that. So, without further ado, I will introduce Mr. Kerry Bilkowski, joining me all the way from his home. How are you, sir? Uh, I am okay. How are you? I'm doing all right, doing all right. And we also have, uh, joining us, Neutral Zoner, who will be with us for a very short period today, but we're happy to have him. Welcome to the show, sir. Hello, thank you for having me. We're, we're always happy to have you here. Uh, Short cameo today. Yeah, just popping in to say hello. So many questions, says James Robinson in the chat. We're going to get to them all. What are we starting with today, though, folks? Uh, I think we should probably look at the stats, and then we'll come back and dissect the game, and then we can move on a little bit and talk about more season-wide stuff and blah, blah, blah. So first up, the game stats, a 3-2 overtime loss to the Montreal Canadiens. Only 16 shots for the, for the Jets, 42 shots on goal for the Canadiens. 52% in the face-off circle for the Jets versus the Canadians, 48. 0 for 1 on the power play. 1 for 3 on the power play were the Habs. Uh, so the Jets, 6 penalty minutes. The Habs, to only 2. 49 hits for the Jets to the Habs, 25. Uh, do the stats show how much offensive zone time the Jets had? No, but I'm sure that Zoner's pretty good at Googling those things really quick on the fly, so maybe we'll have that come up. Uh, so thank you for pointing that out. Uh, we will look at that as well. Then we are uh, looking at the score sheet here. Stanley potting two. Last night in the chat, Kerry Bilkowski pointed out he's an elite goal scorer, Logan Stanley, with two goals on the night. Connor with two assists. Appleton and Ben each getting one. Hellebuck, 39 for 42 with a 9 uh, 0.929 save percentage to Foley with a goal and an assist. Gustafson and Lekkonen with the other goals. Suzuki had a couple of assists. And then a plethora of Canadians had a, had one assist, including Gallagher and several others. So uh, next game for them to be determined. Next game for the Jets next season. Oh, wah, wah. Carey Price went 14 for 16 on the night. <laughs> for a 0.875 save percentage. Not great. So this, the playoff run ends. The Jets go 4-4. Four and four, So they sweep and get swept. 
tit for tat, not fun. Uh, don't like showing this here where you got Winnipeg already faded out. Uh, Montreal winning that one in four straight. The Islanders are in control of their series right now, up 3-2 on Boston. Tampa Bay poised to knock Carolina off this evening. Colorado and Vegas, they are just having a battle over there. Two games to two, basically home ice advantage wins so far in that series. We'll see how the rest of that plays out. And this is the unfortunate situation. Only one team advanced to the next round, and it wasn't the Jets. That's sad times. So it, it, it happens, gentlemen. It happens. So let's get to it. Uh, yeah, womp womp, says James Robinson in the chat. Thank you so much for adding that uh, that part to it. <laughs> I don't want to cry. Yes, I do. Uh, it's fine. We'll get through it. Uh, <laughs> so womp womp. It goes on and on. Let's get to the positive before we hit up the negative, shall we? So we'll start with Kerry. Who for you was your player of the game? Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to know. So let's sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you you got my player of the game. I'll be honest, but my second player of the game and someone you could pick for almost any Jets game this season. Uh, Connor Hellebuck was one of our best players. He, he made 39 saves against the Montreal team that just was always in the zone, always in his face. Unfortunately, you know, it, it wasn't enough, but, uh, you know, the guy played great for us all season and arguably took us through uh, a playoff series that maybe we didn't deserve to win and then another one that we didn't deserve to win as well. Yeah, that was not amazing, but it, it happens. For you, Zoner, which way are you going? Mm, again, this is also for my second pick, and flip-flopping while well, I'm thinking about it just now. <laughs> but um, maybe this is more for the whole season's worth of work rather than just one game, but Nikolai Ehlers, I think, um, has been their offensive MVP all year long. Last night, you could definitely see he was know how desperately desperately trying to score um and he actually led the team in hits too or at least tied for it so that's you can see the effort was there i know he gave the puck away towards the end um we can talk about that a little bit later but i i can forgive him for that because he he was under some duress it wasn't like he had a lot of time to look and poke the puck to an open player um but anyways yeah his he was trying to get the wheels going you could he was hit a nose for the net all night long and you can see the effort there. He even drew a penalty, right, just uh, while he's being held up and obstructed right in front of the ref. And that was all just sheer effort, and he had that effort all night. Yeah, he he certainly held that up, and, and I'm so happy that, uh, you know, we, we had such a great season. There was a lot of exciting hockey. It's an unfortunate way to end. The best player for me on that night, being last night, was Logan Stanley. Scored two goals. But he also, he was hitting people, he was blocking shots, he was getting in people's faces, he wasn't giving an inch. And, you know, the Jets had a lot of positives, even though James Robinson in the chat uh, saying uh, the positive. Thanks for watching. As in, like, <laughs> that's it. Uh, let me show you all the highlights. Okay, good night. Bye. Uh, which which kind of, I, I get it. Uh, but, yeah, it's... 
it's, it just sucks, man. We, we got such a good squad out there and just couldn't couldn't make it happen. And <sighs> oh well, Logan Stanley, <laughs> you 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 stepped up when we needed you, and the rest of the team, I feel last night, let him down. That's personal opinion, just just a personal opinion. Uh, so that said, what else can we talk about? Oh yeah, all of these other things. We got about a thousand things here that we can talk about. How, first of all, let's start off with the Jets improved, <clears throat> but but not enough and not fast enough. Let's start with you, Zoner. Go ahead and give us your impression on that. Uh, yeah, I did think they improved throughout the series. Like the first two games, they they felt like they barely could cross the center line, right? And at least in the last two games in Montreal, they did manage to uh, achieve some zone time. They managed to get in closer to, to Price. And, I mean, it wasn't um, ideal. Like, the shots were still coming from a little bit too far out. They weren't getting any second chances or not enough of them. But you could see that they're getting closer and closer, and they definitely improved on the offensive side. Um, but it, it, I think we were texting last night. So that To me, it was a little bit reminiscent of the slump that they had mm -hmm. where – even when they got better, um, they still weren't seeing the results yet. And then it's just one of those things where they just didn't, they ran out of time, right, to, to get better. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, how, how much of a huge deal was Shifley being absent, right? Like that was a huge effect on the team. DeMello getting hurt, huge effect on the way that the back end works. You have to throw in a cold Jordy Ben. Uh, that we picked up at the trade deadline. We're, we'll get into whether or not that was a good idea later. But yeah, I, I'm yeah, just it. That slump came back in force, and it just hit at the wrong time, mm. like uh, like an aftershock of an earthquake. It was just just it was short, but it was just short enough. Like you saw them coming out of it, but in the playoffs, there's there's no time to slump. There's no time to have a moment to yourself. So. Yeah. That is unfortunately where we are. Uh, was there anything you wanted to add to that, Mr. Bilkowski? Uh Yeah, I mean, I think obviously there's a lot you can say about where the uh, the Jets' performance sort of left us wanting. Um, yeah, obviously being out one of your top scorers and one of your best defensemen, you know, that makes the job that much harder. But you really, you do have to give credit to Montreal. Um, they played not only really good hockey, they played the exact right kind of hockey to beat the Winnipeg Jets. They just frustrated and stifled them, and Carey Price, when he needed to, you know, stood up and was huge. Uh, but ultimately, it was just, you know, it was, most of the series was four lines against three, and just... Um, just not giving any of the top jets their chances. Yeah, that that is an unfortunate uh, thing that happened there. I uh, they 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 just you saw them building, you saw it coming up, and it just just not not enough time ran out of time. Uh, one of the things if it was a twenty five game series, we would have had their number for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, over the course of ten games. We'll take you down. Yeah. But we definitely started slow. And that is not how the playoffs work. It's a race to four. It is not a saunter to four. And the Jets forgot that or something. I'm not really sure. But uh, next up, let's talk about 
Only 16 shots on goal in a playoff game in the NHL. What? And mind you, we'll also throw in the fact that there were 26 giveaways by the Jets last night in a playoff game in the NHL. Thoughts, gentlemen? Let's start with Kerry this time. Yeah, I mean, the shots, I think you saw a lot of quality shots. I think you saw a lot of stuff going wide. Uh, at least one crossbar. Uh, so, you know, I, I think there's a little bit of give there. But, man, the the giveaways, that's unforgivable. You can't cough up the puck that often. Uh, and, you know, there's the usual suspects. I think Pierre-Luc Dubois kind of became uh, known for his uh, giveaways this season, unfortunately. But he wasn't the only one doing it. It was top players. It was, you know, the reliable veteran Nate Thompson with the the ugh, just absolutely brutal giveaway uh, to, to give up the first goal of the game. It was Nick Ehlers with a one-handed, very soft pass giving one away uh, yeah it's just that's the stuff that you can't have in your game if you want to make a serious playoff run yeah I I agree I think there's you you just you can't throw that stuff away it's frustrating when you watch it happen and I'm not really sure how they plan on recovering from that to be honest uh, but we we will we'll keep moving on, you know, being putting on the brave face and all that stuff. <laughs> you know how it is. Uh, but just gonna leave that alone. Uh, what's what's next? Oh, we got in the chat there. Uh, suspension to Shifley completely and immediately put the Jets in disarray, and we couldn't recover. Agreed. Hellebuck should have taken himself out of the game. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's uh yeah i fair enough for hellebuck uh, yeah i'm taking my puck and i'm going home uh that's an unfortunate thing but it well yeah i am i am the sad but we'll get through it as a group we all have each other to lean on shoulders to cry on and all that stuff uh next we want to talk about how the montreal youth really stepped up in this series didn't they yeah definitely uh Every time I looked up, Caulfield seemed to be open, and uh, he seemed to find Suzuki or, or Toffoli, especially at the overtime. Yeah. Uh, I think if you're a Habs fan, you're super happy because Caulfield's going to be around for a while, um, and he seems to play so well with Suzuki. Suzuki, like they just add a third winger, and, and they're set for life. Yeah, it's there. there's... <laughs> so much positive happening in Montreal right now and that sucks for the Jets basically <laughs> is, that, is that fair uh, it's, it's, it, here's the problem though uh, you know these young guys they've got all this and now they've got their, if they're running on a high now they've got this rest to go through that the Jets already suffered through that I think was also part of the reason nine days off between series starts. Uh, it's been a weird year all around. But then now they have to wait and see whose butt is going to kick them. Uh, you know, I, I think because of the offset in the uh, the timing between the Canadian and American seasons, it's not going to necessarily be as long of a wait for them. Um, 
And and I did mention this the other day, but I don't think that Montreal is as poor a matchup against any of these remaining uh, American teams as people are painting it. You know, uh, just because you're seeing, you know, the the Vegas Colorado series being super high flying and fast and tons of offensive uh, shots doesn't mean that Montreal is not going to impose their will against either of those teams and frustrate them and turn them from a, you know, high energy team into one that doesn't know what they're doing and can't seem to get it together. Uh, that could just yeah. be the Jets fan in me, you know, trying to uh, explain away. Yeah, no, they can beat all the best teams, uh, but it could definitely also be uh, something we see happening. Yeah, and I echo that too. I'm really curious to see how they, how the Canadians fare against Colorado or Vegas. Um, very curious to see if that system holds up. Yeah, that'll be that will be interesting to see. Uh, but you know, we, we just talked about how the Habs young stars sort of showed up what about the jets big guns because they they last night you you sort of hit the nail on the head yesterday when i I was talking about how stastny was back and you said yes he was physically present at the game like like technically he technically was there but but they really just weren't there so i'll start with you carrie since you had made that sort of connection with paul stastny at the time but what about the rest of the guys wheeler call kyle connor not shooting until third periods of games you know all, all of these guys oh. like what what was so, going on with the jets actually quick quick interruption i gotta run sure. oh but, uh, <laughs> but thank you all for tuning in and i uh, hope you continue to watch i think mark has an exciting announcement coming up some, sometime in the show about what's happening with the lz sports show yeah been great fun hanging out with you guys and i hope that's sort of leaked itself through the airwaves somehow to to your your computers or headsets and thank you mark thank you carrie and thank you keith and uh who's not here today but awesome talk to you all later right on zoner zoner you're the man thank you very much for joining us i'm sure we'll be talking jets and and if you have any interest in valor fc and bombers we'll have you back on friend of the lz show for life sir thank you very much awesome thank you bye (laughs) right all right that was awesome that's a neutral zoner making his leave for the for the end of the the season throwing in the the towel uh james robinson in the chat says too bad the jets didn't have some young talent they could have injected into the lineup oh man he's just dripping sarcasm in the chat today (laughs) i love it um well yeah i mean let's uh let's talk about that so yeah Paul, Paul Maurice opted to play all of his veteran players when given the opportunity. I don't think there's any surprise there. That's the type of coach he is. That's the that's what he likes to do. I certainly don't uh, necessarily always agree with that. Uh, but even the young guy who slipped into the lineup, uh, Christian Veselainen, he played seven minutes last night. Like You're trying to get a spark going and... You know, maybe have some of your offensive players get some shots on net, and you can't put a young guy with a good hands and good skates out on the ice and give him a chance. Come on, get the young guys out there, man. I I agree. I I we said it yesterday. I said it, and I said it on the show before that. Start rolling all your lines. Play everybody. Play them all. Stop leaning on these top two lines that aren't getting anything done. 
Stop trying to figure out what to do with Dubois. Put him on the fourth line. All season, I was asking to see Appleton and, and Connor as line mates. We saw it last night, I think, for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, like, and I, I think that there could be a spark there because they're both players who like to think about the offensive zone and, and Appleton's got such a like hard-nosed attitude and Connor's got so much skill, you know, it's uh, and they both play hard most of the time. Uh, yeah, at, at most of the time is unfortunately the the key there uh in the chat simon lung uh joining us hello by the way uh, i saw your yeah since things going on in the chat uh he said i actually traced this series back to the innocuous play game one late late in the third the puck is in midair and the jets Swat it and sends it over the boards. That was that. That, uh, that was Morrissey. delay a game. Yeah, that was that delay a game penalty. That uh, yeah. fortunately did not work in our favor. Caused the delay a game penalty. The Habs <sighs> scored, and then because of that, Shifley had to skate back for the Evans hit. That was the uh, butterfly flapping its wings that uh, caused the uh, complete collapse of Jets uh, society afterwards. Yeah, yes. and that that. BS. The puck is above your waist. There's no way he's intentionally sending it over the boards. I don't like that rule. I don't. I haven't for a long time. You shoot the puck over the boards, heck yeah. That's a penalty. But if you're batting the puck out of the air, that like just trying to get it out of a danger area, that's that's not you shooting a puck over the over the glass. And the same thing happened to one of the Vegas Golden Knights. He reached up to try and knock the puck down with his hand, and he punched it over the glass by accident. Like, it just sort of bounced off his hand. I mean, that one's a little more gray, because was his intent to push it over or not? But I don't think it was. And I think... Uh, I don't know. There's There's just no right way to do it, because, you know, you can't just give it a penalty for intent, because who decides who intended to do what? Yeah, right. uh, so. I'll sort of disagree with you there and say that's one of the few penalties I like because it's the only penalty that you see called completely consistently and that there is a very hard specific rule as to what qualifies it as a penalty or not. Whereas when you get these interference and hooking and slashing and cross-checking calls, it becomes so discretionary as to whether the ref feels like it is warranting a penalty or not. James Robinson says it's still Marner's fault. Uh, which yeah, absolutely. I'm, of course it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm totally cool with that. Uh, let's uh, let's take a 30-second break. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor, and we've got more to talk about vis-a-vis the Jets season, and then uh, some news about the LZ Sports Show itself. Stick around. See you in 30 seconds. Make your house a better place to come home to with Aquatech Pool, Spa, and Bath. We've been delivering complete customer satisfaction for over 40 years. Whether it's a fully completed backyard escape, a completely renovated bathroom, or a premium upgrade on outdoor furniture, Aquatech is the only name you need to know. That's because if it's an Aquatech job, it's an Aquatech team working on it. No outsourcing, no subcontractors. We do it all. Visit our one-of-a-kind showroom today at 1065 Dougald Road. Aquatech Pool, Spa, and Bath. We create better places to come home to. So, thank you to Aquatech Pool Spawn Bath. Very, very happy to have them as uh, supporters of the the LZ Sports Show. Uh, I will point out, if you would like to be 
a supporter of the LZ Sports Show, you can get on, get on board. Call 431-489-2401. Ask for me. I'll probably be the one answering the phone, so it won't matter. Uh, but then you can also email ads at the WPG.ca. So go ahead and do that. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, quick reminder, also, go ahead and like and subscribe to all of the platforms of social media style, particularly YouTube. When you like and subscribe and get notifications and stuff, it uh, whips out our algorithm and just start sending it all over the intertubes and pe more people see it. It's great. So uh, we can pick up where we left off here. Um, now, so basically the season is over. Not basically. The season is over for the Jets. And now it's, it's about dissecting what happened and planning for the future. So let's take two seconds to go back. The biggest news that happened with the Jets this season was that Line A Dubois trade. We, we gave away Line A and Roslovic. We got back Dubois and a first-round pick, I think, for next year. So is that what happened? I forget. What came uh, over with Dubois? Line A, uh, yeah, I think it was a third. Third-round pick? Anyway, uh, so who wins? Let's, let's, let's pick that apart for a second. Throw it in the chat, whatever your thoughts are. But who who... Who do you think won on that particular front, Mr. Bilkowski? Uh, well, I, it's a complicated one for sure. If you look at previous season's performance, uh, I think we lost a better player in last year's Patrick Line than um, than Columbus gained, or, or than Columbus lost in last year's Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um and also giving up Jack Roslovic, who's, you know, proved this season that he can be a, you know, top six uh, for sure uh, player and had one of the best highlight goals of the year, by the way, on the, on the Blue Jackets. You know, he, he made some good plays. Uh, I still see a ton of potential in Pierre-Luc Dubois, and I think a Jets training camp is going to do wonders for his play, and I think he's going to come back next season as a more complete player and a player who has a better idea of how he sits in the system. Uh, whereas it seems like Patrick Laine kind of lost his will to play hockey entirely. You know, he uh, he turned down the opportunity to go play at the Worlds, which, by the way, would it have been a different series if Patrick Laine was playing uh, with the Finns? Uh, worth asking that question. Uh, I think as it stands, you know, both teams kind of lost that trade. Ne neither team got back what they gave away last season. That... Uh, that's that's a really interesting way to look at it. I like that that you're because compared to last year, line A, and I'm I'm I say that wearing a line A jersey still, and I I, I have no problem with the way line A left and the way you know he didn't want to play here. I get it. Get him out, you know, because you know it'll help him. It'll help us in the long run, right? But now we brought in Dubois who we had to wait two weeks for a quarantine for, and then he got injured. And then it was this it was this litany of things that happened with Dubois that that really dropped his stock in this city. And he came in, you know, Big Dick Dubois. That was the nickname that the fans gave him, you know, just walking in here. Uh, and he, everybody knew what a great playoffs he had. And this was going to be this guy, right? This is the guy we got. Well, we didn't get that guy. 
We really didn't. We had we never saw that guy all year. And particularly in the playoffs, he just absolutely was he I mean, he was a fourth line player at best in these playoffs and I tried to defend that trade all year because Line A needed out and we got a great player uh, supposedly in Dubois, but then, you know, on the other end, Line A, as you pointed out, did not perform. You know, ends up being benched. This, that, and the other thing. Jack Roslovic had a flash of brilliance and then sort of faded into the ether. And then the Columbus Blue Jackets just exploded so, or imploded. I'm really not sure how that all went down. But uh, maybe maybe you have more on that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think there's some pretty big systematic problems in Columbus that prevented either of those very good players that they got from. Um, from you know reaching their potential uh but you could probably turn around and say the same thing about winnipeg and not harnessing who a, a player who's proven himself to be a great point getter and uh you know crucial uh playoff piece uh you know winnipeg just didn't do anything with him yeah at and- all and uh, to, to further that, James Robinson throws in the chat, I'm trying to decide if Maurice did not know how to utilize Dubois or if Dubois did not know what Maurice wanted him to do. And that's a very valid point because he really did look lost out there all year. He never really found a spot that worked for him. They started him on the wing when he was coming in as a center and they're, they're, like it just it, he never really found himself a role on the team and that's a good point James Robinson in the chat was it was that his fault Dubois fault or was that Pomo's fault for not etching him out that spot like is it is it whose job was it to figure out what his role is right gosh uh yeah I think it's probably a little of both and uh, again, you know, me being ever the the Winnipeg Jets optimist, I, I'm confident that we're going to see Dubois find his place next season. And now it might be as a third line winger or third line center. Um, I, I personally, you know, there was a point where we had uh, Connor Ehlers Dubois on the line. And I think there's so much potential in a line like that because... You know, it's just that's, speed and that's skill. All, that's a lot of guns in one spot, right? Like, that's the problem there is that unbalances the rest of the thing. But I, I like that line as well. I'm, I want to agree with you. Yeah. Uh, but again, I, I don't think they ever really showed what you would want a line that looked like that to, uh, to show. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Simon Leung in the chat weighing in says... Line A Dubois was pretty equal. Both underperformed. The big thing to me is that Line A wanted out, therefore we win the trade. As lazy as anybody thinks Dubois is, Line A is ten times more so. Now that that's a statement. Um I know I don't know if I found him lazy. I just think he doesn't have multiple dimensions to his game. He's he's a one-dimensional player and he's very, very good at that one dimension. But if you're asking him to do other things, that's not his bag, man. Like that's and that's the problem. It's it's he's not I don't know if he's I, I would call him lazy, but he definitely needs to to buy into the system more. Um 
Yeah, um, I mean, again, something I'll say in uh, Dubois' defense is at no point, even when he has had his not great streaks throughout the season, at no point did he look like Patrick Laine throwing a temper tantrum on the ice Mm -hmm. or, you know, refusing to back check or anything like that. Not in Winnipeg, anyhow. Uh, I think, you know, there was a pretty famous uh, shift that he had right before the end of his tenure in Columbus where, uh, you know, he basically just stopped playing and, you know, little half-hearted shove here and, and not a lot of effort. But I think Patrick Laine, you know, when he would get dejected and frustrated, he would just wear it on his sleeve on the ice. And you'd see, you know, an entire arena full of people looking at him like, what are you doing, Patty? Yeah, and uh, James Robinson adding in the chat, Maurice also never tried Scheif, Dubois, Stas, and Lowry down the middle. Missed opportunity? Good question, I think. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that that is true. I think there's so many missed opportunities that you could just make a, a fill a whiteboard with all of the different line combinations we could have tried and all the different uh, strategies we could have taken there's yeah there's a there's a litany of things that could have been done differently um but it, it is what it is line a goes dubois comes uh, i think for me i think we win the trade simon leung agrees i think when because line a wanted out we got a you know a very comparable player uh, who plays a little more of a two-way game uh, in in Dubois? We just we just needed him to step up and be the Dubois we saw in the highlight reels that got everybody jazzed up and excited. But uh, I, I really think PLD was the was he was a he was a bigger difference maker for the Jets than Line was for Columbus. I mean, evidenced by look at look at where we ended up. You know, not not I mean the Jets depth got us there. Uh, but it it is what it is. And one more little uh, tidbit from the chat from Simon Leung. He says, I think we coddled Line A too much, which I agree. And uh, Simon also says, <coughs> every uh, kept passing up shots to try to set him up. So everyone, I'm assuming you meant everyone, kept uh, passing up shots to try and set him up, especially Ehlers. And that's a big thing. Ehlers... When when Line left, Ehlers bloomed. He blossomed. He came out of his cocoon. He started playing like the player I watched when I saw him in Halifax. And he just, he exploded. He had all of this. He was given a lot of opportunity. And I think at the end of this year, I mean, evidenced by yesterday, my player of the game for the night before was Nikolai Ehlers. He wasn't making mistakes. He was skating hard. He was passing pucks really well. He was moving with his head up. He... He was making heads up plays, and the kid's character is second to none. And if you need proof, go watch the aftermath of that hit on Jake Evans when he's laying on the ice. And Nikolai Ehlers is the only guy trying to stop everybody because the entire Montreal squad was more concerned with revenge than the safety of their own teammate. I didn't like it. Um, I just, I, I, I think Ehlers exploded 
and so for for another reason why I would say that we won the trade is Ehlers being able to open up and really we started to, to discover what he's capable of. James Robinson says Roslovic was the only winner in the trade, which is, I don't know, that's one way to look at it, I guess. <laughs> um, I, I just also want to say, like, Jack Roslovic was one of my favorite Winnipeg Jets when he was here. I don't know exactly what it is about him, but, man, you just want to cheer for the guy. He's just, like, got a baby face and plays with a hustle and, you know, shows those flashes of greatness where sometimes he's just, like, got the best hands in the league for a a play. Um, And I was more disappointed seeing him leave than I was seeing Patrick Liney leave. That's for sure. I... I agree, and it's. I, I think Roslovic wanted to play here. I think, you know, he just wasn't being given the opportunity. And whenever he, he, when, he wanted to get paid to play here, well, but he also wanted ice time. That was his thing, and I think it was a good move for him because then he got a lot more ice time in Columbus. Uh, but I, I really, I don't know. I don't know. I really think Winnipeg wins the trade when you look at how it all played out. We made the playoffs despite a terrible slump. Uh, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets absolutely imploded, exploded, uh, wiped themselves off the face of the earth. I'm really not sure. Are they even still a team? Are they going to play next year as a squad? I don't even know. Like, it was bad over there. But, uh, you know, all this Columbus talk makes me feel a lot better about being a Jets fan right now. Fair enough. And that's that's what we're here for. We're here to make Jets fans feel better about uh, being Jets fans. Next up, Jordy Ben. Was this a helpful move? Did no. Uh, no, you don't think so? Uh no. I I think <laughs> there was so much pressure on Chevy to make some sort of trade deadline move that he just he be picked something. He took a, a you know, fourth line slash healthy scratch guy off of a fledgling team and <clears throat> you know, traded a low draft pick and said, "Yeah, sure." We'll take uh, Jordy Ben, and now we've got a veteran defenseman who, I mean, I have a hard time believing that, you know, Vili Hainola uh, or Sammy Niku wouldn't have had more of an impact on this team than than Jordy Ben did. That's fair. Uh, So... I, I I also think we brought him in and then we just absolutely wasted him. We just we let him sit on the bench or in the I guess in the bleachers in the press box and you know we 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 kept him everywhere. Oh, that's not the right button. We kept him everywhere except for where I thought he was useful, which is on the ice. And right I, I mean the the problem is and I think James Robinson hit it on the head with his sarcastic comment earlier. Uh let's see if I hold on, let me see if I can find that comment. Uh <laughs> what do you say? It was very sarcastic. Um if only Oh, I forget. Yeah. You know it what was I mean. along the lines of if only we had a, a bunch of young talent that we could have uh, rotated into the lineup or something to that effect, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, there it is. Too bad. There it is. Too bad the Jets didn't have some young talent they could have injected into the lineup. There it is. That's the quote. Thank you, James Robinson, for hitting that. I think that is that is the story of the year for the Jets. Pomo's reluctance. To play young talent, and I don't know if it's Pomo. I heard that Shevel Dayoff had a little bit of there's there was some front office instruction 
there on that front as well, playing certain people. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. Do we want to blame Pomo? I don't, I, I, I'm trying to defend the guy as much as possible. I don't think he should be fired by any stretch of the imagination. He's got a great hockey mind. He's got a passion for this city and the the fan base here. And I I don't know. I just thought the Jordy Ben thing. Why did we bring him in if we if the plan was to not use him? Why why make that move at all? Uh, I mean, they brought him in to be some defensive depth for the playoffs. And when one of our best defensemen went down in the first shift of the uh, second round, uh, you know, I, I think there was no doubt in Paul Maurice's mind that this is the guy we're going to play. Yeah, and James Robinson getting extra salty in the chat there. Chevy should avoid picking up veteran plugs so that Maurice won't play them 20 minutes a night. It's true. Like, when you bring in these vets and all of a sudden, why why, why did Dubois, I get, do, we traded for Dubois, we gave away a lot in line A and Roslovic, I get it. But when you're not performing, why is he playing so many minutes? How many minutes did he play last night? Uh, just over 15 so actually not as many as he usually does. Well, that's uh, and that's, I still think that's more than he should, given but yeah, given the way he was playing. Absolutely. I mean, he basically had the same minutes as, as Mason Appleton. He played more than Adam Lowry or Matthew Perot. Uh, you know, to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Not a lick of uh, sense. And, and, and guys like Veselainen, as you pointed out earlier, right? Seven minutes. Man, man. <laughs> it makes me so mad like it makes my blood boil watching that go down and be like look at this talent that's sitting on the bench not even in the stands you know you didn't even you didn't even healthy scratch them you just have them sitting there dressed in their gear like little white and blue pylons what are you doing play them play these guys i, I mean even logan stanley who had both of our goals last night only got 13 minutes of ice time like, at what point do you try and lean on the guys who are actually playing good hockey? It drives <laughs> you know? me it drives me mental. Mental. When I think about all of that and how this year ended. Like, how, how it all ended? That makes me so angry. <laughs> you know who had our top top offensive minutes yesterday? Who's that? A Andrew Kopp, who what? was basically invisible I, through this entire series. I'm a huge cop fan. Me too. I thought he was great all regular season, but he just like turned into a complete phantom in the playoffs. Uh, he, he just yeah, he just up and disappeared. Had a career season and an absolutely non-existent playoff run. Uh unfortunate. But the, the so basically what we're coming down here is Jordy Ben that move was it helpful? You say no. And I say no. And I think we're getting from the sarcasm in the chat that that's a no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is I that fair? I, I, I don't think anyone was super impressed with that move. Um, it's unfortunate that we had been in the lineup. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that It sucks, but that's this is where we are right now. So... Uh, the, the Jets season is now over. We lament, but we, we, we thank the Jets organization uh, and the NHL. I mean, in, in a year where we had nothing going on, couldn't leave the house, to, 
to I know we couldn't go to the Jets games at the stadium and that sucks. Going to Bell MTS place is always a, quite the experience, but at least there was something for us to to enjoy on television. At least there was something for us to enjoy on the ice and I I'm really really happy with how how it all played out. It sucks that we didn't win the cup. It sucks that we we got swept in round two, but we beat the crap out of a team nobody told us we could beat. Yeah, right? I, I I'd, I'd like to sort of piggyback on top of that and <laughs> yeah, say basically the same thing. Like uh, it's been a tough, weird year. I haven't been able to see my friends or hug my mom or any of these things that I would really love to do, but I've had the Jets. And the Jets, you know, all things considered, uh, how strange everything was, they put up a really good season of hockey, and they were entertaining, and they were easy to cheer for. Uh, you know, I, I think I watched every single Jets game, you know, and normally in, in a world where everything else is going on, I, there's no way that my schedule would have allowed for that, but I'm so grateful that I got to you know, really attach myself to this team this year and and rise and fall with their successes and failures and, you know, fall in love with some of these players, maybe not so much with some of the other ones, uh, but, but having them and uh, getting through that first playoff series against Edmonton was just huge, you know. Uh, Blake Wheeler, in his uh, sort of uh, post-game interview yesterday, said... Like that, that was the highlight of the last 18 months for him was, was just being able to be with this team and to, uh, to go out and beat Edmonton. You know, it's, uh, it's not an accomplishment that we should just push by the wayside because we're not happy with how it ended. Uh, I, I agree. I think that that's easy, uh, easy to agree with. But uh, I also to extend that. Look at look at this from the chat. James Robinson says, "Check out how Ducharme distributed minutes for the Canadians." Yeah, which uh, is true. Not one of their players on the forward side broke twenty minutes. Not one, and not one of their players on the forward side had less than ten. Not yeah, a single one. I think that speaks volumes for why they were effective because they always had fresh legs out there and uh, and they were willing to give their, you know, fourth line, if you want to call it that. That's you know, they're, they're a second line, let's be honest. Like, they played like yeah, the second line. Absolutely. You know, their, their lower line guys were getting lots of minutes too. And that's why uh, I, maybe, I really want us to get away from, as, as, as a hockey team, group of people i want to get away from top line second line third line fourth line i want to get away from that like i get that that's been the recipe hockey is changing the rules are changing the way the talent pool is growing there's more very good players so when you have a team as deep as the jets why do you have a first line why do you have a second line third line like our third line was just as effective as our first and second lines this year. Our fourth line, when they were on the ice, bang for buck, 
100% as effective. Why not give them more ice time? Stretch them. Rest your guys so when the, that that top two lines are out there, they're they're more rested, to your point. Yeah, yeah. No, again, I think that speaks to why Montreal had so much success against Toronto and against Winnipeg is just keeping fresh legs coming at you constantly and not placing any one line on this pedestal where where they're the uh you know they're expected to perform a certain way all of your players should be expected to perform a certain way yeah i i agree and it's that's this is just where we are right now so ah, the end of the season is a sad time sad time indeed uh so i think unless we have any more thoughts on the jets uh, let's have a last look at the playoff situation here. Again, this I'll just bring up the graphics so you can see it on the screen can, there. Can I one last uh, Jets uh, question for oh, you sure. and for the chat? Sure. Who who do the Jets expose to the uh, the Vegas uh, expansion draft this year? Ah, here I was hoping we escape without having to answer that question. <laughs> Because uh, I don't know. Uh, I, how many players, seven forwards they can protect? Uh, I believe so, yes. Seven seven forwards and five defensemen or something? I forget, yeah. how, I forget how it works exactly, but uh, I think, you, I mean, you have to protect Shifley. Yeah, Shifley, you have to protect. Wheeler has a uh, no-move uh, contra uh, contract, so you have to protect him. Obviously, you're going to protect Kyle Connor. You're going to protect Nick Ehlers. Okay, so that's four. Uh, uh, you just gave Adam Lowry a nice new contract, and I don't think you want him going anywhere. Nope. You want to keep him happy? Mm -hmm. Uh So, so you know... Basically, uh, Stasny and Perot are free agents, so they're not counted here. Um, you're going to be exposing your, your either Mason Appleton or Andrew Kopp. You know, I would love uh, to protect Kopp because the season he had, his playoff performance notwithstanding, he had a great year. And I think he's got more in him, to be honest. I think he does too, but also, you know, how do you let a guy like Mason Appleton go? He's got hustle. He he moves his legs. He's young. He's got so much potential. You know, it, it's going to be a tricky one going forward. Mason Appleton, most rep replaceable player that Seattle might be interested in, says James Robinson in the chat. Uh, yeah, and then, I mean, on the defensive side... I, you know, he also I, says it's three. He thinks it's three D. Yeah. So you know, you're gonna Simon protect Morris, Morrissey. You're gonna protect Pionk, and then uh, you know is Demello. Then it gets questionable, right? You know, if you don't protect Logan Stanley, he might be playing in a Kraken uniform next season. I, uh, man, Logan Stanley. He's a fan favorite. And he has such potential, but do you do you take that chance on him? Ah, uh, God, I I don't know. I I would hate to see Logan Stanley go because again, he's a young player. He's got so much potential. He's got a good stick. He can score. 
He is already a very responsible player. Uh, but again, you know, like, do you let a guy like Dylan DeMello go? It depends on what a... his injury is, to be honest. Yeah, that's it, tough. That may be a situation like uh, like Lung is saying, uh, Simon Lung is saying in the chat, like, make a deal with Seattle. Figure out a way to hold on to him. Uh, yeah, I... Yeah, so because James James Robinson and I just brought it up there. He said, "Protect Morrissey." I'll just bring up the chat box itself. Protect Morrissey, Demello, and Pionk. If Seattle wants Stanley, make a trade to keep him. Uh, Simon says Morrissey, Pionk, Stanley. I agree. Make a deal with Seattle, right? But Demello, it'll depend on what that injury is, what the prognosis is, um, and I'm not going to pretend like I know all of these guys' contracts and how long uh, that they last. Uh, that's that's not ever been my function here. That's what you're here for, Carrie. Uh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I bring I bring you and Keith McKnight in because you 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 guys generally just off the top of your heads you just know stuff I don't, which is great. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the the making a deal with Seattle to keep Stanley uh, that would make me happy. I just think getting rid of Stanley now, oh what a what a what a waste! What an opportunity we have, and. Yeah, just a guy who showed flashes of greatness and, uh, you know, I think could be a top-line defender in in a year or two. And how does it work with the Moose? Because if you're if you're if they're playing on the Moose, are they eligible to be plucked as well, or what's the deal there? Oh, gosh. I believe they have to have had a certain amount of NHL games in order to be eligible, but uh, don't quote me on that. Now, uh, now that's if, something I would Google if, if uh, we weren't on air. If that's the case, can yeah, and Simon Young in the chat saying exactly what I'm thinking. The draft <laughs> rules hurt deep teams like us. I I agree. The expansion draft rules are heavily in favor of the draft, the drafting team, not so much the draftees, uh, in this particular case, and. We saw last time there was this thing when the Vegas Golden Knights joined the league, how how good they were right away because they were able to pick. Like when you have thirty other teams to steal uh, players from. Sorry, my alarm's going off. Like I'm not on television or something. Um, but yeah, when you, when you have thirty teams to pick from, you can. You don't have to pick the top guy from every team to have a solid team. And remember, they have nothing to prove. Nobody expects them to win anything. So they're out there just having fun and playing hockey. And I think they that Vegas, they, they were very, very fortunate that that's how the rules were laid out for them. And because of that success, that's why the NHL and Gary Bettman want to do that again because they want teams to be able to be competitive right away. And I get that, but I, you know... It used to be, you know, take your licks for a couple of years and build, right? But now it's here. Here's a team. Go ahead. It includes AHL years. Hmm. Says Simon Leung in the chat. Uh, yeah, they have to play two years to be eligible to be drafted. So you can't pluck guys like Cole Perfetti and, uh, like, well, I guess Sammy Niku could be stolen, couldn't he? He's played a couple of years. Yeah, I, I believe he could, yeah. But who's going to take Sammy Niku when they have, 
you know, either Logan Stanley or Dylan DeMello or, you know, one of these other you know, proven players. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, it's... <laughs> I hate the expansion draft. I hate I, it. It just I, drives me nuts. It throws a huge monkey wrench into all of what you perceive to be the the, the future for your team next year. Because, uh, you know, teams like Ottawa... They're going to be safe because these, it's like, what, a team full of rookies, basically. Like, do they even have anybody that's played for more than two years? But I mean, uh, poor Sammy Nuku says James Robinson. Nah, I don't know. Uh, he he had some shots and I don't think he performed the way he was uh, expected to. I mean, he played well, but playing well on a team as deep as the Jets doesn't get you ice time, to be honest. Uh, Anyway, it is what it is. We're, we're running out of time. I do want to announce really quickly, if you don't mind, I will take over here and just say uh, I'm, I'm very excited. The Jets season is over. We're going to be transitioning the LZ Sports Show into a, a weekly event as opposed to following every Jets game, since, one, there is no Jets games, and running these multiple days a week takes a lot of work and a lot of effort to to make sure that all the the equipment is running right and da 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 and i think based on today you can tell we've actually got our poop in a group as far as the technology is concerned i finally sorted out a lot of of our technical issues that uh you know i'm, I'm gonna make a whole series of what i learned in trying to stream here but we're gonna be moving the show it's gonna be sundays at 1 p.m I would love to hear if that's a time that works for people. If not, it's going to be one of those things where it'll be podcasted as well. So if you don't catch it live on the Sunday, it'll go up later that day and you can listen to the, the show. And uh, eventually it's going to be folded into one of the other projects that's coming through the WPG magazine that I don't want to give away just yet. But the, the LZ Sports Show is moving, and I I mean, guests like Mr. Kerry Bilkowski over here, I'm pointing the wrong way, uh, he is, you're, you're more than welcome to join us whenever you want. You've got a, you've got a home here on the LZ Sports Show, sir. You're, you're a musician. It comes up and says musician and photographer at the bottom there, but it should also say friend of the LZ Sports Show for life, and uh, Zoner is, is welcome back as well. We're going to be having lots more guests brought in now that we go to a weekly format. And th there'll be people from the Valor FC soccer program, speaking of which, Valor FC, big announcement right now uh, uh, as well. The season is actually starting. It's going to happen here in Winnipeg. The entire CPL is going to happen here in Winnipeg. And the... Uh, Valor FC's first game is June 27th against Forge. Uh, I think I had a graphic ready for that, but maybe not. We'll switch it to the Valor theme since I'm talking about them now. Boom, here it is. Ooh. Valor FC, season starts June 27th against Forge. How do you like them apples? So there you go. Uh, and the whole, like I said, the entire league will be playing in a bubble right here. The CPL, the Canadian Premier League, right here in Winnipeg. Get excited! Uh, a lot of the games are going to be made for TV, so I don't. They're, they're still working out the whole fans in the stands thing, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, the 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 whole thing, the the se the season itself starts on the twenty sixth, I think they said, but the first Valor game is the twenty seventh. 
So very exciting stuff for Winnipeg sports fans. We are going to be talking a lot about Valor FC and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the CFL and, you know, next year's NHL, you know, more about the Moose, all that kind of stuff. Uh, The Illegal Curve Hockey Show, they do a lot, a lot, a lot of Jets coverage. So our Jets coverage on the offseason isn't going to be huge and extensive that there is a spot for that. And do go watch their show. They they air their show, I think, 9.30 Saturday mornings. Uh, every weekday at 1 p.m., uh, Sports Talk Winnipeg. That right? Winnipeg Sports Talk? Sports Talk Winnipeg? Anyway, Hustler and Remus. I've, I'm blanking right now. It's just been one of those days. But, uh, yeah, so that we've got a lot of really cool stuff coming Kerry Bilkowski, any final thoughts on the Jets season and or uh, the the show today? Uh, well, I just want to give a, a big thank you to to the WPG Magazine, LGC Sports Show, to you, to Keith McKnight, and to Neutral Zoner for uh, uh, letting me share and being a part of this show, and I've, I've really enjoyed it. And uh, to the Jets, I want to give a big thank you to them for keeping me entertained and, and a little bit of sanity in my life through the last crazy crazy year and um yeah i mean i'm i'm optimistic and excited for the future uh i can't wait to see uh what uh the canadian premier league looks like this year and uh you know going forward from there just uh you know some 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 bright horizons coming i'm I'm looking forward to it excellent me too i'm pumped about the whole thing sports in winnipeg is on the up uh we got the jets playing really well Unfortunately, didn't work work out there. Uh, we got people talking here in the chat. Uh, Will, what is it? We'll keep watching, says James Robinson. Probably not the live broadcast, but Monday mornings at work instead. There you go. You can always watch it back on demand on YouTube and or through. Again, there's the audio podcast. Put put your earbud in. Your boss doesn't even need to know. Not that we condone breaking rules at work of course uh so speaking of which i should be working right now says james robinson crisp high fives for everyone agreed agreed high five james thank you everyone for watching all season with us and the jets and now we we move on to bigger better things and the jets move on to uh pushing out next year uh maybe a third round effort and then the following year a cup or just go straight to the cup next year i'm cool with that too if, just in case you're watching out there, Jets, we, we wouldn't mind. All right, so for everyone here on the LZ Sports Show, for the WPG Magazine, and for myself, Mark Adam, I thank you very much for watching all season with us. We will see you next time, Sunday at 1 o'clock, in the LZ.